Something's taken place in my life in the last, like, two months. And it's not a better quiet time. And I don't even know if, like, if you've been here for a long time, if you're like, I can't tell you're not preaching any different. I don't think I am. I, I, I don't think, like, all of a sudden I got smarter in the Bible. Okay? I wish I would. It'd be nice. <laughs> Make it easier. But something shifted. And here's what it is. And I just want y'all to know this. And I feel like the truth is y'all are supposed to know this. I care deeply about each and every one of you. I prayed over a great deal of y'all this week, and we wrote some cards out, and we were praying over and thanking the Lord for our entire church in the month of November and every name that we have on our roll. And, um, and I care so much about you, but I think the thing that flipped, and I don't even know what it was. I wish I could give you, like, this happened, and this is what just God just started working on my heart, I think, and I stopped caring what everybody thought. And it was a process. It started taking place. It was over time and things happened. But I mean, like, really, truly, if people leave here today and they're like, that dude's lost his mind, I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. And if out there, other churches or other people are saying, that four points, they're nuts, man. They've, they've lost their minds. They're crazy. I'm cool with that. But can I just tell you something? You may have better theology than me. I don't want you to miss this, and I am not saying this in pride. Some of you may be smarter than me. Actually, let me just be real with y'all. Some of y'all are smarter than me. Come on, somebody. But like, what you can't take away is my experience in the Holy Spirit and what God's doing right now. Yeah. Can I just be honest with you? This is what I wanted to say. I desperately want that for all of you. I don't want you to have my experience, but I want you to experience what I've experienced. Does that make sense? I want y'all to experience the fullness and the freeing power of the Holy Spirit. And I told Leah this week when we were driving down the road. I said, you know, we called our student ministry at our previous church Voltage, and it was from Acts 1-8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. I promise you, I said this to her on our date night, Friday night, and we missed it. Like, we knew all about it, but we missed it. And the freeing power of the Holy Spirit inside of us is so much greater than how hard I try or how much I want you to love me, or how much I want to preach a good message. And I'm standing before you as clear and free as I can be telling you this morning that the only reason I want to preach a good service is to give glory to God and let him stir. But listen, he's the one that changes you. I never will be. And guys, if you ever experience that, and I don't know who this is for. I'm just trying to be obedient. If you ever experience that, and here's the deal. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I really believe it's obedience. I do not try to be better. I do not try to be a good husband. I do not try to be a good father. I do not wake up in the morning and say, man, if I just work a little bit harder, I can change everything. And it's the greatest two months of my entire life. I get up in the morning, and do I still mess up? Man, you said that right. But every ounce of me wants to live righteous. But it's not so that I gain favor. It's because I've, obs I've obtained mercy and I found favor. Because seek and you'll find a knock and the door will be open for you. But Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says that I automatically receive his mercies. That I don't get my punishment that I deserve. But I have to find grace. And I've begun to look in places that I never looked. And the Holy Spirit of a living God is a gentleman and he waits on you. And when you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You do not receive all of the Holy Spirit. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you receive salvation through the Holy Spirit.
But every single morning, his love is new, and he waits on you to let him fill you. And it is like an epiphany that God has put in my life. And I probably need to explain that to y'all, but y'all can look it up when you get home. Come on, somebody. But it's like a bomb's gone off in my life, and I'm not trying harder. And can I just be honest with y'all, and if this freaks y'all out, that's awesome. When I look out at y'all, I see the beginnings of a movement of God that is going to mess this whole community, this whole state, and this nation, and the world up. Because I believe a seed has been planted, and it's just shaken like an earthquake about to explode. Because a man is not a movement. The God-man Jesus started a movement when he took your burdens and took your sin all the way to the cross and then rose again. That's the movement. And we're only carrying what God's called us to carry through the person of the Holy Spirit. And so the reason that I'm jacked up and the reason that when I, I don't even know what I'm doing up here sometimes, I'm just moving around and I'm just filled, I'm ready to go. But the reason all these things are taking place is not so that people look up and go, that dude's just lost it, he's off his rocker. But it's I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. And the title of my message today, this is about the end times. It's our second part. And the title of my message is Dress for the Party. Dress for the Party. Dress for the Party. And I just wonder this question as we get started because I'm just, I'm just going to rock and roll and get right in it. I wonder how many of y'all came in here this morning dressed for the wrong party. You came in here, man, you hope so much that people think that you're good enough. You... You hope so much that people look at you and say, that dude, he can, he can belong here. And you might be the youngest girl in the room or you might be the oldest man in the room or you might be a little bit different color than everybody else and you might think people are looking at me because I'm this or that or the other. But in order for people to believe, a lot of times they have to belong. And we'll do anything that we can do to look like we're dressed for the party. And a lot of times the problem with that is we're dressed for the wrong party. We look the part, man. We act the part. We sound the part. Can I just be honest with y'all? As a pastor, I worried so much about so many things. And I'm not telling y'all, man, I've been through hell and back this week. I feel compelled by the Lord. Something I, was, I, I, had nothing, I was not going to share this, but I, I'm supposed to share this, and I'm just going to do it. Please don't make a um, because I'm so thankful and I'm so excited. But we found out on Tuesday that my son has autism and I'm so excited and I can't I, why am I, you shouldn't be excited and the doctor felt so sorry for us and like this is a heavy thing and I said no I'm so excited because God told me when I picked my son up for the first time that he's going to do greater things than I ever will and so what defines my kid is not autism but it's Jesus and it's just an opportunity for God to show up and do some crazy things. And the reason is because we're dressed for the party, man. And we got an opportunity to share with a doctor that's been doing this for 30 years, Jesus. And she looked at us and said, what's wrong with y'all? Why are y'all happy? And I said, how can I be sad? I know me much better than you'll ever know me. But there's one that knows me better than I know me. And he loves me. And I don't understand it, but I love it. And I don't get up and hope that you love me. I get up and know that he does. And the only one that I try to please is the one that is already pleased before I get out the door. And I don't even know why I was supposed to share that, but I was supposed to share that with somebody today because as we start, I just want you to have this thought in your mind. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when you walk out the door and you think, I don't know if I'm dressed right, 
And even though I do have my Westbrooks on that are J's, and I do like them, now somebody needs to appreciate my shoes because these J's are nice, okay? But that doesn't make me who I am. And I love Jordans, and I don't apologize that I got two pairs of Jordans a couple weeks ago as gifts. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. But that's not what makes me who I am. There's only one thing that makes me who I am. And listen, there's only one thing that dresses me for the party. <laughs> and this is so freeing, and I hope some of y'all get this when you leave here. It's not what I do. It's not what baggage I came in here with. It's not how messed up I think I am. It's not how jacked up my past was. It's not my sexual orientation. It's only Jesus. Because his love covers a multitude of sin and of past and of jacked upness that I have lived my entire life with. There is nothing that can stop the God that I serve. And the news that seems heavy and is a stigma by this world is just an opportunity for God to move. And the difficulties and the hell that's going to come against you when you say, I want to be dressed for the party, is just an opportunity. But me telling you how bad you suck is never going to change anything. But me telling you the good news, that you don't have to anymore, and it's not you that's going to clean you up, but it's the Lord that's going to clean you up. That's how we get dressed for the party. So the question today is, are we in the end times? And the answer is, I don't know. But the truth is there are some signs And I want y'all to look at it with me So if you have your Bibles Will you turn to Matthew chapter 24 Will you just remember Dress for the party man I know that was a different start And I certainly wasn't planning it But I think God had it for somebody in here Jesus is with his disciples On one of my favorite places on the whole earth Can I just be honest with you The Mount of Olives man I cannot wait to be there in January Because I can I can put myself there right now and behind my back if I'm standing on the Mount of Olives looking at Jerusalem I'm looking at Bethany where Lazarus was raised from the dead and I'm looking out at the eastern wall of the temple and I'm looking into Jerusalem and this is like the epicenter Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4 says that the Mount of Olives will split in half and King Jesus is going to return right down there and the dead in Christ will rise first but it's coming down right there so if you want to know if the Mount of Olives was important Jesus was telling it where it's going to go down, okay? And I love every time I'm standing there, and here's my thought. It'd be all right if it just split right now, because I'm already here. Somebody talked to me. It'd be cool with me if it just happened right now, because I'd like to see you. He says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will happen. Like, I know that Zachariah said it's going to split in half, and we're standing where he said it's going to happen, and there's these, like, tombs that are whitewashed, and they're, they're, they've been there since the minor prophets and a bunch of them. It's crazy to be there, are still buried there today. Tell us when all these things are going to go down and when the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And so they like, well, is, is, it, is this the end? Or when is it going to happen? And Jesus answered, see that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And like, listen guys, if you've ever paid attention, many people claim to be awesome. Follow me, follow me. Can I just, listen. Follow the one that I follow. Please don't follow me. I'm the one that God called to lead this church, and I hope that you'll walk with me. But if we build anything on this dude right here, <laughs> woo, right? Because I know me better than y'all. <laughs> Tricks on y'all, right? But follow the one that we worship. 
because I am passionately honest and truth. There's nothing in me that is good. There's nothing in me that is righteous. And there's nothing in me that you should follow. But I follow the one that you should follow. I'm not, I don't even want to say that because it feels so dumb to say that I'm not Jesus. But if anybody walked in here thinking that dude's got it together, whoo. But people are led astray all the time because they think a dude is more than a dude. No. No man on this planet, no woman on this planet is more than a woman or a man. No one is more than that. And the best of us are men and women at the best. The Bible says that my righteousness are filthy rags in the sight of God. Listen, that means my best things are trash. That's awesome, right? That's good news. But it's not about that, right? That's the freeing part. It's not about what I do. And I don't have to be your savior. I'm just called to be your pastor and talk about our Savior. Come on, somebody, talk to me. And you, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. Let me ask you all a question. Are there wars going on right now? Yes. Wars like everywhere, right? And see that you're not alarmed. And this is where I think maybe we need to circle something in our Bibles or like highlight it in our, our tablets or iPads because everybody freaks out. Is anybody with me? Like, they go, ah! <laughs> There's another war. We're all going to die. And everybody, y'all have heard this. Get your guns out. <laughs> They're going to take your guns. They're going to kill everybody. And then everybody, the other side is like, take their guns. I hate them. I don't like any of them. And Republicans and Democrats. And don't wait. And he's like, hey, 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 take the pill. You know what I'm talking about? Like, calm down. Like, what's wrong with y'all, right? And it's, don't be alarmed for all of this has to happen. I wish we, that we would look and say, that had to happen for this had to happen. Look at your neighbor and say, that had to happen. Let me hear you say, say, that had to happen. That had to happen. Don't be alarmed. For this must take place for in the end. The end is not yet. And nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. This is what comes to my mind when I read this. Um, there's more starving children today than there's ever been. And there's more technology and money than there's ever been. It's crazy. It's frustrating, isn't it? It doesn't have to be that way. But there's earthquakes that are popping up everywhere, and there's a large percentage more today than there's ever been before. Can y'all show me your hand? Who was around in 1989? Who was on this planet? Let's do it another way. Who was not on this planet in 1989? I need y'all to look around and feel old right now. <laughs> My stars. Okay. My stars. Now, I was nine <laughs> years of old, and I'm watching the World Series, and it was the Battle of the Bay. It was the Giants versus the A's in Oakland, and for all of us old people, and it seemed like it was less than half, so I don't even know if this story's even relevant, okay? <laughs> but, but I'm watching this, and like, I had the TV. <laughs> Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Click, click, click. Y'all know what I mean? Like, the, it was the old school. Somebody talked to me. We had the Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, right? We had all that stuff. And I'm clicking, and I get to, I think it was on CBS back in the day, and it was during the week, and I got to watch the World Series, and it was awesome. And I'm sitting in my room, and then all of a sudden, do y'all remember what happened during that World Series? <laughs> and then it goes, it goes just plain. It's blank. It's gone. No matter if you had rabbit ears or a big old satellite dish, because y'all y'all remember it. It just went blank. Cable, everything went blank. And they had had a massive earthquake in San Francisco. Massive. And I remember the pictures of seeing all the Will Clark and all the Giants and Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire and all the Oakland A's, and they're just hugging their families and they're checking on everybody. And in San Francisco, the Candlestick Park, old school candlesticks, was still standing and everything was good, but San Francisco was a wreck. 
Golden Gate Bridge, part of it had fallen, and we, we could see videos of cars hitting it. And it was, a, it was a big earthquake in a big city, and we haven't had that since. Not that bad, not in this country. Then two weeks later, maybe three weeks, I don't know for sure if I'm right, but right after that, there was a hurricane, and it happened right here. Do y'all remember what the name of it was? Hugo. Hugo. And over half of y'all weren't even around. We didn't have to go to school the next day is all I can remember. Does anyone remember that? That was old. And then some of y'all weren't even in school, so y'all are like, don't talk about old, right? But I remember hearing people say in church and around me, this is the end. Like the earth is coming to an end. This is scary because there were earthquakes and famines and things happening in various places. And today there's mudslides that take out whole cities. And they're all around the world, and there's tsunamis, man. Some of those things that have happened around the world, and we can just get blinded to them because we come in and think, it's no big deal, it's not happening here. But they're happening everywhere, and these signs are popping up all over the place. The end was not 89, because all of y'all that raised your hand, you got born. You're welcome, right? (laughs) But there's signs that are coming up everywhere, and things are happening. Verse 8 says, all these things, All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. What are the birth pains? When Adam sinned, God cursed the ground, and the birth pains of the ground are starting to groan, and the end is near, and things are beginning to take place. And here's the truth. I don't have a clue if this is the end right now, and every generation since Jesus thought it was the end, but the birth pains are starting to really start rumbling right now. And and then they will deliver you up to a tribulation and put you to death. And I don't, none of us have been through a tribulation like some of the people overseas, but right now in some of the Muslim countries and some of the other places, beheadings are taking place left and right. And it's not five or six people. It's dozens and dozens and hundreds and persecution is happening all over the place except for God blessed America. And you will be hated by all nations. And let me just ask y'all a question. Does most of the world love America? And don't even worry about America because I'm not even sure in the very end if we're relevant. Does most of the world love Christians? Say, let me hear you talk. Let me hear it. Nope. For my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And that kind of sounds like what we're dealing with, doesn't it? Don't y'all have people in your life that you love that now hate one another? Talk to me this morning. Is anybody in here? Do y'all have anybody in your life that used to love you and now they hate you? I need somebody to talk to me. Yeah. That's not very convincing. Maybe I'm the only one, right? And many false prophets will arise and lead people astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Just like the world looks today. Can I just shift it? Just like the church looks today. Sometimes I walk into, and I'm not just talking about this place, into churches and I'm like, is this the saddest, mo- like, are we at a funeral? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Did Jesus raise from the dead? I need somebody to talk to me. Yeah. Woo! Like, that's good news. He did it for us. He took away my sin. He took away my death. He took away my shame. I don't have to get good. I don't have to get better. I just have to be alive in him. That's good news. I don't have to be sad. Does anybody else want to know this truth? I don't have to be sad anymore. But this is the deal. We've grown cold. We look out at the world and everywhere else and we say, I don't give a dang about what you've got, what your problems are. I don't need to care about your burdens. This is Stone Cold Steve Austin Church, right? Know your role. 
That's the rock. But don't worry about it. Like, like we're so upset. And we just look upset. And, every, and, and, and I'm guilty. If y'all think I'm talking about y'all, I'm talking about us. And I just look and go, what's the bad news? What's the worst thing that can happen to me? You die. Sweet, I'm with Jesus. Somebody talk to me. That's good news. Okay, if you want to kill me, let's do this thing so I can go be with Jesus right now. And please don't. But like, but, but that's the worst thing that someone can do. Persecute me. Make fun of my name. And a few months ago, if I'm being honest with y'all, and I've already been very honest, so I might as well just keep going, I probably would have buckled. But no, sir. That's not a movement of God. That's a movement of man. I'm tired of that crap, and it's not gotten me anywhere but stress and anxiety, and the enemy was pulling me apart. If you missed last week, go watch it. I'm just telling y'all right now. Many have grown cold because many have believed it falls on you. And it's time for that junk to stop. But Jesus said, but the one who endures, somebody say endures, and the one who endures to the end will be saved. It just reminds me right here of when Jesus had just fed the 5,000, and in John 6, 6, he says, whoever eats of my flesh drinks of my blood, they will truly be followers. And everybody looked and was like, this dude is crazy. And thousands had just seen Jesus feed 20,000 plus people. And they said, yeah, but I know what you are, and I know who you are, and I know you saved my soul and all, but this is too hard, and they walk away. Does that sound like the church? Do we take every option in the world to not worship Jesus? Somebody talked to me this morning. Do we do everything that we can except live out and flesh out what he's done in us? Not so that we gain favor, but because it's a little bit too hard. Does anybody here this morning, is, does that not look like what we are? And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world. Everybody's going to hear it as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. If you want to know when the end is, Jesus said it right there. The world's not going until everybody knows. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is the whole deal. This is why I'm ready to kick through that door right now. Because this is our opportunity. This is what we get to do. This is what I'm, I'm telling you. This is what God's called us to be a part of. So if you want, listen, I, I'm, this is free. If you want God to make you called to a part of a church that you're just going to get to come in, hang out, put on your little hat and like click, click, clash the button, you leave and it's all good. That's, we get to be a part of the greatest move of God ever because we get to be a part of reaching the whole world with the gospel. Does that make anybody else happy in this room? We get to be a part of the greatest movement in the history of man and that's what we are going to be about. I don't want to be another church. I don't want to be another man that stands up and says, please, I'm begging you. I'm going to be, we are going to be a part of the greatest move of God in the history of the world. And we're going to learn to use our influence for the cause of Jesus Christ and wherever we go or whatever we do. We're not going to go on mission trips. We're going to go on mission when we leave here. And we get to be a part. We don't got to be a part. We get to be a part of the greatest move of God ever. And when the whole world hears it, he said, I'm coming. You can be promised. And then if you skip down a few verses, this is what it says. And I'm just going to give you this quick. It's pretty cool. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you'll know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Fig tree is a representation of Israel. And now, 
this is really quick, but y'all stay with me. I need y'all to like put your thinking caps on and like just write as fast as you can because you'll probably forget this. But if Israel's the representation of the fig tree for all the people born before 1989, come on, somebody. Was Israel a nation in 1900? That was three. So let me just answer it for you because y'all don't know, right? Does it, do y'all know, was Israel a nation in 1900? No. And in 1945, no. And in 1946, no. And in 1947, no. And something big took place called World War II just before that. And Hitler's goal was to wipe out every Jew on the planet. And one of the worst experiences and one of the most meaningful experiences all at the same time of my life was going through the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem and seeing the devastation that took place where six million people were just murdered and mauled, and they weren't just killed, they were tortured, and dead bodies. It makes me sick, and it happened in the early 1940s, and then the late 30s. And the goal was to wipe out a nation, and yet what did God do? He used that. For in 1948, they became a nation again. In Ezekiel chapter 47, I don't want you to turn there, Excuse me, Ezekiel chapter 37, there's a story about the valley of dry bones and it's, and it's Ezekiel's vision of what this thing's going to look like and it's this big valley and there's bones everywhere and they start forming back together and that's this. That's Israel forming back together and becoming a nation again. And so I would just argue right here with the fig tree that things are happening and things are starting to move. And, and then verse 38, I'm sorry, chapter 38. He gives these lists of nations that are going to come against them. And here's the list of nations. And I didn't put the, the chapter and verse up and I didn't do all this. Up. I just want y'all to see it. It's Put and Cush and Persia and Magog and Rosh and that, whatever. Turkey. Okay, I'll just tell you it's Turkey right now. And I think this map could look a little different because I think Persia includes Afghanistan and Pakistan. That's just my opinion, and I'm right. So, like, I, I think that this is a little bit off, but it gives you an idea of where this stuff is, okay? Did you know that every one of these nations today, and I believe for the first time, this is 2010, when Israel and Turkey kind of came against each other and said, hey, this isn't going to work, and they still don't like each other. If this is right, we have everything lined up for it to go down. And it's going to go down just outside of Mount Carmel, on the coast by the Mediterranean in this valley called Armageddon. And 150 million people or so are going to come in and they're going to be ready to beat this nation and wipe them out once and for all. And then God shows up for them, right? They lose. And it's time to go be with the Lord. But I believe that this is coming. I just don't know if it's going to be in our lifetime. But it matters. And then this is crazy. This is what Jesus said. In light of all of this, I say to you that this generation will not pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word, my words won't pass away. This will continue and continue until it's time. And here's what he says. But concerning the day and hour, no one knows. Even the angels don't know. And people have, people have said it's coming. People have said it's coming. Can I be honest? I would never believe someone that says this is about the end. They don't know. Jesus, this says Jesus doesn't know. Only God the Father knows. So don't believe crazy people to get on and say, if you'll pay $250 for this oil, you'll be ready for God to come. Shenanigans, okay? Let me just be honest with y'all. It's all lies. All lies. And so if this is the case and no one knows, the question is, what does it matter? 
What does it matter? Like, do we really need to worry ourselves with when Jesus is coming back? And here's the answer. Jesus said in John 9, we must work the works or do the work is what other translations say, of him who sent us while it is day. Day is while there's time still left on earth because night is coming when no one can work. And the tens of millions of people all around us and the nearly 7 billion people on this planet that don't know Jesus. Why is there a need for a movement? Because God uses you and me to change the world. At a moment's notice, God could say, all of you are good. But he doesn't. He chooses you. And while it is day, we get to be a part of this. And as long as Jesus through his Holy Spirit is in the world. He's the light of the world. And so you're the light of the world because the Holy Spirit is in you. Every Christian in this room, this is you. And there's, how can you be sad? How can you be, this is you. And then back to chapter 24 of Matthew, this is what he says, stay awake. It's, it's daylight still. Stop sleeping at the wheel. We don't have time for you to not know what day of the Lord, what day your Lord is coming. Know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, just think about this, he would have stayed awake, right? And would not have let his house be broken into. If y'all knew someone was coming to your house tonight to break in, would y'all just be like, go ahead, take whatever you want? Right? <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? Like the police will be outside your door. You'd be ready. You would be ready. We would be dressed. We wouldn't be worried about everybody else. We wouldn't try to be good enough. We'd be dressed for the party. We would come in ready. We wouldn't have every other distraction in this world weighing us down. We'd be dressed and ready for the party. It says, therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you ain't ready for. At an hour that you're asleep at an hour that you do not expect. I got one question today, and I'm gonna close it with a really cool two verses in Matthew 22, two chapters before, but are you guys dressed for the party? I didn't ask, did you grow up in church? I didn't ask if you had a really good week and didn't screw up. I didn't ask how awesome you are and how good your success is and everything else. I said, are you dressed for the party? Because here's what Jesus said. He told parables that are stories that give like a picture of what's going on. And I, I, it's just amazing. Two chapters before, if people ever read the Bible, man, it jumps off the page and it just does something in your soul. And this is what Matthew 22 says. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw a man who had no wedding garments. They're at a wedding and he's looking around. Imagine being the king. And he's just strutting, right? Because I'm that dude, right? I'm the king and I'm looking out and there's this group of people and they're not wearing the king's clothes. You couldn't come in the king's palace without the king's clothes on. And he said to them, friend, how did you get in here without wedding garments? And the guy was speechless. And many of y'all came in here today and you thought, I don't have the king's clothes on so I shouldn't walk into this room. This is a place that we come and worship the king. That there'll be a day where you have to be dressed for the party. And I think many people think, well, that means I better get my Westbrooks on. I better get my tie on. And I better get my 
my Sunday best and I better do a little bit more and I better think a little bit better and I better try a little bit more and it never had anything to do with that, guys. Psalm chapter 8 said, He clothed me. He put on me His glory and honor. <laughs> that means I never had to be good enough and righteous enough and smart enough and tall enough and skinny enough and I just had to be dressed for the party. And it was never my job to get dressed. It was my job to ask him to dress me. Come on now. It was my job to let him dress me because it was not my clothes. It was not my name. It was not my education. It was not my stuff. It was Jesus. And this is what he says. Then the king said to the attendant, it's too late. You've already made it to the party. You weren't dressed ready to roll. Y'all thought that y'all could just show up and there was still time, but you fell asleep. You didn't stay awake and you didn't think that I needed to dress you. Bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, few are chosen. Listen. That's a picture of hell. And I think everybody thinks of hell as this awful place that's burning. And it is. The Bible talks about the 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 sulfur and the fire and I can't imagine the misery that tens of millions of people are going to go through billions of people are going to go through can I just tell y'all right now the peace that I have in my heart has nothing to do with how smart I am or what I do and the thought of eternity without God is much scarier to me than a fire the thought of trying to do this all on my own and then maybe when I get there I can clean up why don't we experience heaven on earth does that mean all of hell's not going to come against you? More hell's going to come against you. But I got God, and none of them could do anything. For many are called and few are chosen. Let me, let me show you what that means, man. It's the best news of all. Chosen doesn't mean that God, in this context, it doesn't mean that God looked at you and said, only you guys. The rest of y'all stink. It describes people who chose to follow the Lord. That's literally from the Greek dictionary to your ears, the way the Bible was originally written. For many are called, listen, and few are chosen. The Bible says that he stands at the door and knocks, and if anyone hears his voice, he lets them in. And Jesus said he came, his purpose was to seek and to save the lost. And the Bible says that it's not God's will for anyone to perish. Stay with me. And many are called, but few choose to be dressed for the party. Many are called, but only a few put on the clothes. I just have this question today, and I believe God used everything for you. And I don't know who you are. But I think you've tried really hard, man. It's like I talked about at the beginning that freed me up. And I don't know if it's you in the back or you on the sides, you in the middle. But I don't care how hard you try and I don't care what you came in with. There's only one that can dress you for the party. And that party, we're going to sit at a big table and Jesus is going to be at the head and all of us are going to be there that know Jesus and it's going to be awesome. And in two weeks, I'm going to tell you what heaven's going to be like, and you don't want to miss that one.
but only some of us are going because many are called and few are chosen. I just wonder if that's you. Dress for the party only means I've given my heart and life to Jesus. Let him come into my life and save me and fill me every day and make me new. And if you're not that, I believe today is the day of salvation for your life. I'm not going to go crazy and scream and yell because I think God is speaking directly to you and right now is your opportunity and time. Will you bow with me? If God is speaking to you, you can feel your heart beating a little bit faster. You feel that lump in your throat. You're like, I don't know what to do, man. I just feel this heaviness. I don't care how old or young you are. I don't care what your last name is. This is your time. This is your opportunity. Pastor Mark, I'm miserable. I've tried other things. I'm hopeless. I believe that Jesus died and rose from the, the grave. I believe he took on my sin, took on my debt, took everything so that I could have life in his name. And he's called me by name. And today I'm choosing to follow him. I want to be saved right now. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up at me. I want you to throw your hand up at me right now. And if anybody thinks that's not the enemy, <laughs> at the moment that I said throw your hand up, that that thing comes on, then I got some beachfront property in Nebraska to sell you. Come on, somebody. Throw your hand up right now because you know who you are. And tell me right this minute, I want to be saved. I want to be saved right now. Who is it? One person in the first service didn't want to raise their hand. And it's because they thought that their sin was too far gone. Who is it? Is it you? I want Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you. I believe that the people in this room are saved, but God, we're not satisfied. We're satisfied with you more than we can be satisfied with anything, but we're not satisfied that no one here is unsaved. Because we exist both to edify and help each other out, but to reach the least lost and lonely with the gospel. And there's so many people that we're going to pass on the way to lunch and pass on the way home that aren't dressed for the party and got everything we're about is to be a place of freedom. So God, we're going to stand in victory today that we have freedom in you and we can walk out free and we will never be the same but we will not stay still and we will not stay put and we will not be satisfied in what you have done. We will celebrate and then we're going. We're on mission in everything that we do because of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you'll stand with us, if you're getting baptized right now, I want you to go out, but this is for some of you. I want you to listen to this. Some of y'all have been saved and you've never been baptized. I don't care if this is your first time in church. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I don't care if your mama and daddy aren't here. I don't care if Paul is not come yet and whoever else. You got Paul that wants to come when you get baptized. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And if you keep saying no, you'll keep never doing it. Some of y'all need to get baptized this minute, this second, right now. And if that's you, I just want you to go right there at the back. And they've got clothes for you every size you can imagine. And they'll help you change and they'll get ready. So if you're getting baptized right now, you go ahead and walk right back there. And for everybody else, is there anybody? Is everybody too scared? Are we so worried about what everybody else is doing that we're going to say that we don't want to be free and we don't want to take our first step in following Jesus and be obedient? And we'd rather be disobedient than be full and free in Jesus. Is anybody in here want to be free and just say, I'm supposed to get baptized right now? 
Has everybody in here been baptized? Let me ask that question. Every person. Then we need to go rescue some people. Are y'all with me today? We need to go see some people. Hey, listen. We're going to celebrate like crazy. One person's coming right now to get baptized. And the next time we do this, we're going to baptize 50. Because we're going to bring them in. It's not up to me. It's up to God. But we're going to work like it depends on us. But right now, this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to start as we sing this song and declare to the King of Kings your freedom in Jesus Christ. Because if you can't declare this, you're the one that should have gotten salvation today. Are y'all with me? You're the one that should have been doing this. So with all your heart, let's stand up and thank God that this is our place of freedom in Jesus Christ. This is one of my favorite songs. Y'all sing with us.